from the new recording lair located deep beneath the Wine and Spirit Store in Ephrata, Pennsylvania. You're listening to the Masonic Light Podcast. Studio 665 presents Masonic Light Podcast. This show is recorded by Masons, for Masons, and is for entertainment purposes only. And please, no wagering. This podcast is not endorsed by any Grand Lodge, and the ridiculous ramblings of the hosts are their own. And now, here's your host. Welcome, everybody. Masonic Late Podcast. This is Pete with the usual crew here of uh, Larry, Jack, Tim, and Josh. And tonight we're going to have in 114? 124. On, on episode 124, our guest is going to be the infamous Dutchy Doug. In the metric system. Yes. Welcome, Doug. Hey, thanks, guys. Good to be back. Actually, this is regular Doug. Dutchy Doug's he's, he's out the in the car waiting yeah. to come in a little bit. He was yeah. a little shy. All right. You, you're familiar with the format of the show. We go around and are narcissistic and talk about ourselves, um, and we'll include you in that. So we'll start with Tim. Uh, don't start with me. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have his calendar pulled up calendar yet. That's pulled why. Up, yeah. oh. Jack, what do you I, I could actually tell what I've been doing in two words, but yeah. Grand view. Yeah. Grand view. Uh, actually, I'll, all right, I'll go ahead. Um, really, that has been what I've been up to. Uh, Grand Lodge launched uh, the new system, Grand View, that. Uh, is that your calendar? Oh my gosh, is that. It's well, not on TV. It's it's on it's, TV. It's, it's not, not on, on the recording, Larry. Yeah, I hope. Um, <laughs> all right. Technology. So, God, the professionalism is just oozing out of this show though? right now. You know, so uh, yeah, the Grand Lodge <laughs> launched Grand View uh, on sometime early August, and so my phone has been ringing off the hook with from secretaries <laughs> and treasurers. What? Um, I can't find the any key. Can't find the any key. Um, <laughs> someone who, yeah, um, reports are named different, and there's a few little things. But as with any new system, as you know, there are I, – I compared it to when you build a house. You think you've told the builder everything you want, and you move in, and you find out that there are – No hundred, toilets. There's no toilets. <laughs> so <clears throat> you've got to go back in and get some things up. How, how, bottom, do, I, how do I open the door? Yeah, uh right. Yeah. So, bottom line is, we're going to get there. It's the it's going to be such a simpler system, um, but it's going to take some time. The other thing that's complicating it, quite frankly, is we have a number of lodges in the state that are meeting over the summer, which normally lodges in Pennsylvania don't normally meet in the summer. And so, for example, the Colomall system, um, normally under normal conditions, we wouldn't need that till the September meetings. But with lodges meeting over the summer, they want to use that. So. Um, anyway, we'll leave, we'll leave it at that. Uh, Jack, how about you? What have you been up to? Well, the big thing for me is I was invited to join a yet, yet another hopelessly obscure organization that's called Yahoo, um, called the operatives, which is the, um, uh, it, it's a fairly new uh, it's after 1900 um, was started um, to preserve the truly old ritual work of the operative stonemasons in England, and it's a it's a highly regulated group. Uh, there's only I think he said three thousand worldwide. worldwide, yeah, and eight hundred in the United States. So it was a real honor to be called. Uh, we we are in the process of chartering a new assemblage here in um, Lancaster County uh, called the Donegal Church Assembly. And uh, it's, it's, it's cool to be a part of something new like that. Uh, that's, that's pretty much it. We had uh, some nice visitors. We actually um, had some guys from Brownstone Lodge come to visit our stated meeting last night. Um, and I just want to um, give a uh, shout out um, to Brother Mike, uh, who was here with his friends um, to uh, 
we actually had a couple of um, yeah, tell us about the tour Michael O'Donovan yeah um, he um, he brought uh, an entered apprentice so we opened in the entered apprentice degree for our meeting and there were I think four guys from uh, from uh, Brownstone Lodge and he said uh, well can we see deep beneath the wine and spirit store <laughs> so uh, and he was wearing his um, his uh, Knights of the Quarantine jewel. Nice. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So he was a uh, he was a, a, a paid listener to the Knights of the Quarantine. So it was really nice. I mean, I love showing off this lodge. Uh, we we worked hard to make it a nice lodge, and uh, we we try to make people feel feel welcome when they come. So that was it was nice to have him here. Doug, what have you been up to? Well, uh, as you talked about this, I think in your last episode, but I made the long trip down to Grotto uh, back in the end of July there to the winery, which you guys talked about last episode. And I'll let everyone just listen to that episode. But it was good. I mean, anytime I get a chance to make the trip down, because it's about a two and a half hour drive one way for me to, to Grotto, but it was worth the trip down just to see everybody and get to talk to everybody. I didn't see Larry because he didn't show up, but uh, everybody else was there that I wanted to see. So, uh, yeah, and other than that, I really this summer I I hit the reset button on Freemasonry and and haven't been doing much of anything really these last two months. Now I have some stuff coming up in the fall. I guess we'll talk toward that, talk more about that towards the end of the show. But um, yeah, I just I decided to take the summer and and take the summer off, so to speak. Very cool, Larry. What have you been up to? <clears throat> Not a whole lot. Um, <clears throat> That's not what I hear. <laughs> yeah, phone calls every day, texts every day, people calling me for meetings every day, like Josh. Uh, merger committee is taking and absorbing a lot of my time. So that's pretty much it. We meet once a week and 15 times the rest of the week. Je- Worshipful Master Josh, what about you? Uh, I have nothing to report. Larry's doing it all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, the only thing I've been up to is the uh, same thing as Jack, uh, the operatives. And it was really, it, 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 was, it was neat. I enjoyed it. Um, it's kind of weird after 16 years to be a fellow craft. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I guess they could sniff that I had $500 available. And <laughs> I know I'm a charter member. <laughs> All right, so uh, we'll be back, and we're going to hear from our guest, uh, Doug Badenford. Why choose George J. Grove & Sons for your next home improvement project? At George J. Grove & Sons, we've built our reputation on quality and trust for more than 50 years. For planning to materials to installation, George J. Grove promises a home improvement experience second to none. Whether your goal is reducing energy costs, decreasing maintenance, updating curb appeal, or simply increasing the value of your home, the George J. Grove team will recommend and provide solutions that stand the test of time. Call 717-393-0859 for an estimate or visit us at georgejgrove.com. Welcome back, everybody. Our guest this evening is Doug Maddenford. We've known Doug for a couple of years. Great guy. And one of the things I wanted to talk about, you're kind of a popular person. Actually, you have a worldwide audience. And basically, it's because you're probably one of the authorities in Pennsylvania on the Pennsylvania Dutch dialect. I won't call it a language because it's a lot of German. And you have a YouTube show. You've got, what, eight or 9,000 subscribers that are literally people in Germany are watching, people all, all over the place. And you not only do that, but you go all over the place speaking about this heritage. And I think it's fantastic. Also, too, you have a new podcast that opened up about, I guess, about a year ago. <laughs> yeah, stretching it out. 
and it's called Doug's Front Porch. This sounds more like Doug's interviewing you. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining us, Doug. Have a great night. (laughs) Anyway, I wanted to open up with that. So tell us a bit about both these shows. Well, thanks a lot, Larry. I guess it's my turn to talk now. Uh, yeah, so uh, thank you very much, in all honesty, for the for the kind comments about the work that I do with, with Pennsylvania Dutch. Um, I'm going to challenge you, though, right off the bat, because you said it's not a language, and I'm going to tell you that it is, and we're not going to get into the whole linguistic debate about that, but uh, it is a language. It's a truly American language, and it's a truly American culture. It's rich in, in, in a Germanic background in our DNA, but a lot of the culture that we have here in the United States for the last 300-plus years was developed here in the United States. Um, I always like to remind people that, that, you know, we're one of the one of the oldest ethnic groups here in the United States. So, uh, you know, I, I was lucky enough to grow up with the culture, grow up with the language. Um, and I, I see that as an opportunity for me to use what I've learned over the years to uh, inform and educate people and help people come back into contact with the culture and language. Larry, you're Pennsylvania Dutch. Uh, you've we've talked about this before. And, you know, after World War II, we went through a whole couple of generations of people that really felt that they they lost something because that their parents or their grandparents decided I'm not going to pass this on anymore because it, they didn't see any value in it. And that was very nearsighted of them. But I understand why they felt that way, too. Um, and now with everything that we have, like the Internet and YouTube, things like YouTube, it's the absolute perfect time and opportunity for me to use those mediums along with other people to uh, to to inform, to educate and to preserve um the language, the culture, the history. So uh, that's, you know, that's kind of like my mission. And the, the podcast, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, Doug's Front Porch. You know, it was middle of COVID back in 2020. And and um, for the long time, I thought about wanting to, to create a podcast. Of course, I'd been listening to you guys. And you know, I, I looked at that as the gold standard of what I should be doing. And <laughs> God help us. We pat each other's back here and after a while. Uh, but uh, I decided, you know, it's pretty easy. I'm going to try and do this and, and have it as a con- conversational based podcast. So the, the concept is that, you know, I it's it's as if I'm bringing people up on my front porch. I grew up on a farmhouse. We had a big front porch uh, and that was where everybody sat, you know, after the work was done and we had a drink and we talked about whatever the day things that we were thinking about. So uh, I use that platform, this Doug's Front Porch podcast, to bring on friends, old and new, and just have honest conversation with them about things going on in their lives, things that they've experienced. I think one thing that podcasting really allows for is the the, the medium of conversation, which uh, as a society, I think we're not doing a very good job of anymore, of talking and listening to each other. So I see it as an opportunity, again, to, to give people that platform to sit and just listen to two people talking, and we're not arguing or fighting about politics or or anything else in the world that's going on, but just to talk about our lives and the things that people enjoy talking about. That's how this show started out. It was going to be two guys talking and then guest hosts turn into hosts and now we've got five people. So... <clears throat> I've, I've listened to the front porch and it is very well done. Well, thanks, Larry. You know, there's one thing I did want to bring up with you guys. We were talking about previous episodes earlier. The episode, you're going to have to remind me the name of the gentleman that was on that was talking about uh, raising awareness of autism. Um, I don't remember the gentleman's name. That's Uh, Jim Stevens. Okay. And, you know, I was sitting there listening to that episode while mowing my grass. And as a high school teacher, this will be my 20th year of teaching coming up in a couple weeks. Uh, that episode really struck home with me because a lot of the th- everything that that gentleman said, of course, was 100% true. And in my 20 years of teaching, the, the number of, of the percentage of students that are coming through the system that are identified or on the spectrum, whether it's high functioning or low functioning, it just it appears to me and seems to me that that number and that percentage increases every year. And I was thinking to myself, how as a fraternity, can we can we adapt to to make that group feel, you know, welcome and also to let them feel that this is something that they'd want to join. So I just wanted to give you guys a shout out for that episode, because I think that was those are the topics that no one would ever nobody talks about. Um, You know, if in education, we talk about it all the time. Of course, we're constantly dealing with IEPs or 504 plans. And well, this child needs this and this child needs that. But, you know, when they leave school at 18 and they graduate, Sometimes I find out what they're doing after school, but then I th- there's a lot of kids that I don't know how they made out. And I think about some of those kids that I really had to 
changed the way that I did my job in order to fit what they needed. And, and the one thing I think a lot of Masons might think about when they listen to that episode was, oh, well, why would we want to bring these people in that aren't, <laughs> that can't do things the way they're supposed to do them? Um, I would just always caution any of those guys out there that are thinking those ideas that, you know, as a teacher, those students that are in my classroom that are autistic or are Asperger syndrome or on the spectrum of some kind, they're still getting the same uh, information that the students that aren't on the spectrum are getting. It's just that I have to deliver that a little bit differently, but it's not taking away from what they're learning and, and as as a fraternity when we think about what we do um, we are able to make those accommodations that's the word uh, that we use in education to help those those young guys out and and we will be seeing an increase in the future of those gentlemen hopefully wanting to join the fraternity and, and as a fraternity we have to really think about it you know look in the mirror a little bit and think about what are we going to do as a group to welcome those guys and how can we be flexible and and i'll throw the other education term out there how are we going to differentiate <laughs> what we do but still do it so i just wanted to say that that was a great episode and i was glad that you guys are always willing to tackle issues that people would never talk about i mean think about autism and freemasonry who would have ever talked about those types of concepts so, so i'm really give you guys a shout out for that thanks a lot just as a question, and I don't mean to derail the interview or conversation. <laughs> what? Torpedo sounds. No, all right. Well, our depth charge would be more accurate. But um, do, you, do you feel in your career as, an, as a teacher that you're, you're seeing more students with, with those kinds of diagnoses, or are they just being diagnosed more? That's an absolutely valid question. Um, and it's difficult to answer because now when those kids come into my classroom, by the time I get them in high school, they've almost all have been identified. Right. And I get that paper ahead of time. You know, here in, here in a couple of weeks, I'll get a list of all the special ed students in my class and all of the accommodations that I need to meet for each of them. And I, the ones that are taking German one, that first time that I'm getting to know them, I don't know who they are. You know, I just know that here comes Billy and Billy needs extra time on tests or Billy needs to be seated in the front of the room because he needs that focus. Mm -hmm. um, it's a valid question, Jack. You know, I think a lot of these 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 traits and these issues that we deal with have always been there are they being more identified and therefore receiving a little bit more attention i'm sure that that is the case um, but i also think that as a as a system we are handling it and addressing it way better than we ever did before um uh you know, I, I don't ever make those students, or at least my goal as a teacher is never to make those students feel like they are the quote unquote special kids in the classroom. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's tough because some of them have such, such severe social tics uh, that, I mean, every kid in the classroom knows, but what I'm also finding, and this I think is interesting too, and thinking about it from the, from our, from our future as a fraternity perspective, the students that aren't on the spectrum have been growing up with these students as well. And they're, They've become used to it. They mm. know what they need to say to their peers to encourage them or to help them if they're having a meltdown. Or so I also think about that, that, you know, we're going to be bringing in young men in the future and we're going to be bringing in young men that are probably on the spectrum. But we're also going to be bringing in young men that have grown up with students on the spectrum that they this will not be a foreign concept mm. to them, how to interact and engage with their peers that might be special special needs or you know whatever whatever term we want to use okay larry it's all yours now it's all mine yeah. okay another thing too doug that i wanted to bring up you're a very talented musician and you have a musical group that can tour the united states if it really wanted to but tell us a little bit about your tim and i described it as sort of bluegrass yeah, uh, so our group is called the Broken Spokes. I I don't I don't consider us bluegrass because traditionally bluegrass we'd have more instruments. It's actually just two of us, uh, my friend Chris LaRose and I, uh, and we like to say we play traditional old timey Americana folk music, um, the songs that nobody listens to anymore. <laughs> 
<laughs> the songs that are all over a hundred years old, but that are still great songs that, that when people listen, they're like, oh, that's a really cool song. It's like, yeah, it's over a hundred and some years old. Wow. That's great. Um, but then we do a lot of original stuff too, in that vein. Um, we write our own Pennsylvania Dutch music as well. And we do, we try to resurrect as many Pennsylvania Dutch folk songs that we have in our collection as well to let them, to let people know that this music existed and also that it's still alive. Um, and we have toured. We've toured internationally. Thanks for the shout out. Uh, uh, COVID, of course, we took a really bad hit, uh, but I mean, so did every other musician. Um, but we're in the process of slowly getting gigs back again and, and out and playing. Um, we just played not too long ago at an event in Mount Etna, which is there in Western Berks County. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was great to be back out playing again. It was something that I really did miss during uh, during the whole COVID year of 2020. How can we uh, listen to your music? Well, you can buy my CD, uh, but uh, <laughs> there he is. If you get on my YouTube sitting in a channel, chair I with a, a bourbon, playlist of our I mean, music, <laughs> and actually our album is also available on Spotify and Amazon and uh, anywhere else where you can get digital downloads. Apple Music as well. Is it is it free download? Is it ex- say that again, Larry? Is it a free download? <laughs> of course not. You can stream or download. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, Josh, we're we'll going to have to uh, get some of that for the uh, intro music. Yeah. And then he oh, can absolutely. sign a waiver that uh, we're not stealing his music for financial gain. <laughs> I'll let you guys use it. Don't worry. It's funny. You know, we um, Chris and I like to push traditional boundaries a little bit, too. For example, we have done uh, reggae songs in Pennsylvania Dutch. Right now, I'm working on, um, you know, the hot thing right now or not too long ago were sea shanties. All of a sudden, all of a sudden sea shanties came back because of a TikTok video. And uh, I, I'm working on a, a Pennsylvania Dutch version of a sea shandy in English, but told from the perspective of a Pennsylvania Dutch guy that needs to, he, he married the wrong girl and he needs to, he needs to leave her. He needs to leave her. So, uh, yeah, we like to take these traditional ideas, but also mix them with some uh, genres that maybe wouldn't necessarily normally be mixed together. As far back as the mid-1800s, records exist describing the pre-meaning tradition of brethren smoking cigars during and after gatherings. To this day, the practice of smoking cigars remains very much alive in many lodges. This custom is considered a time for brethren to relax, exchange ideas, and enjoy the simplicity and fellowship that is the very essence of our brotherhood. This is what Hireman Solomon Cigars is all about. Our starting principles are to bring Masonic brethren together in the harmony of a good cigar. Pull up a chair, sit back, light up any of our premium cigars, and enjoy the history. Hireman Solomon Cigars can be found at fine cigar retailers. For a complete list, visit HiremanSolomonCigars.com or check them out on social media to find out when they'll be at a live event near you. Hireman Solomon Cigars is pleased to be the official cigar of the Masonic Light Podcast. Ready? We're back again with our, our guest tonight, Doug Madden. I don't know what's so funny. Anyway, we're back with Doug. And Doug, you've got a, a, a line of uh, Freemasonry, so tell us about the various organizations, what you've been doing in Freemasonry. Uh, wow. Um, well, uh, I'll have to give a shout out to my home lodge, uh, Huguenot Lodge, number 377 in Kutztown, Pennsylvania. Uh, I'm a proud fourth generation Freemason in that lodge, uh, started with my great grandfather. Uh, and then uh, after that, uh, I moved away from Berks County and I live up in central Pennsylvania right now, just outside of State College. Uh, and up here, um, I got really involved with all of the other groups that you can get involved with, starting with the York Right. So I belong to the chapter uh, and uh, Commandry, which is stationed in Belfont, Pennsylvania, and Council, which is in State College. Uh, and I'm past past leader of those three groups up here. Uh, I belong to the Valley of Williamsport, Scottish Rite. It's not the valley, uh, but it's the valley. Um, a a, a valley. Yeah. Um, some guy got me to join Ubar Grotto last year. That was, uh, I added that to my list. Uh, and uh, what else do I belong to? Um, 
geez, York Wright College uh, in Towanda, way up on the northern tier, uh, and uh, AMD in, in Altoona. That's a crazy thing about Central Pennsylvania, where I live, is these you you join these groups, and you know in Lancaster and in Reading, everything's close in that sense. But for us up here in the in the Boondocks. Um, I, when I look at my, if I draw all the, if I put points on a map of Pennsylvania where these groups meet that I belong to, this circle radius is like 150 miles, uh, which is crazy. And I think that people that, you know, and I know that out West, like, you know, Freemasons in Wyoming and Montana, I'm sure they're driving hundreds of miles to go to probably appendant body meetings if they belong. But even here in little old Pennsylvania, there's, we got some Freemasons in the Northern and central part of the state that we put the miles on <laughs> going to meetings i'll tell you but uh we often carpool which is also a lot of fun too whenever we go to amd there's five of us that travel together all the way down to altoona and i i enjoy the car ride down and back probably sometimes more than the actual meeting itself um but that's something i think you know to to make light of that there's a lot of freemasons that are really traveling out of dedication for the group. Um, mm -hmm. It's not like you're just driving 10 miles to lodge for, for some of us, for some of us, it is, but for others, it's, you know, it's a, it's also that commitment of, of, of as well to think about. Yeah. Do you think I have follow-up questions? Hello, I don't. darkness, my old friend. Well, there was, you did Larry, this to me two weeks don't ago. Don't you have the notes? Cause we took, no, we, we were writing emails back and forth the other day, Larry, come on, man. Yeah, well, he has them. He just can't sure, find them. But I already, oh, yeah. I already, I already them? covered that. You've been well, the, the the, well, the one thing I did, we did talk about, I don't know if you remember this or not, Larry, the one thing I was thinking about uh, the other day uh, before I was, you know, coming on the show, I thought you guys haven't done an episode yet where you talked about, um, We've talked about time commitments, of course, and, and, you know, meetings, they always say, oh, one meeting, it's only one meeting a month, blah, blah. And those of us that belong to other bodies, we know that that's not true. But the one thing that I thought that, um, and I'd ask Jack this question because he works so much with his mentor program. As a young Freemason, now I'm not as young, young as I used to be. I'm, I'm not I'm, one of those. I'm, I'm 41, but I'm married and have two young children and I work a full-time job. And as we bring in new members who are who have probably very busy schedules as well whether they have children that are involved in sports or dance or music mm -hmm. uh, or they're working you know 40 plus hour a week jobs and balancing that with with a marriage um what kind of and this is a question for jack when you meet with your mentors do those conversations take place and if they do what do you tell those new masons about balancing their lives, but also somehow working Freemasonry into that pie. That's that's a great question. Um, thanks thanks for joining the show. By the way, I guess you're you're, you're now a host. So <laughs> yeah, uh, I just like the way he segued into the interview. Put your name. Yeah, it's, that's a good interview question. Uh, it's interesting that you should ask that because we I have uh, our senior warden who was really on the leading edge of my commitment to mentoring in, in our lodge. Uh, his name is Matt Engel. Uh, he's senior warden. He's uh, been certified in everything he needs to take the East, so he's great. And I think he has like one more thing that's getting certified this week. But, but he took from all of that that what he needed to work on in his life uh, was the 24-inch gauge. And he refers to it constantly. He, he's like, my, my gauge is out of balance. I, I'm, I've, I've got to get back, you know, on the square. And I, I just, to be, able to, to be able to know that these guys have, the word that we use in Freemasonry is inculcate. They have inculcated these, these values and these concepts, and they're actually applying them to their lives. That, that is fantastic, because that's really what we're supposed to be doing. And that... You know, do they all do it? You know, there is some balance issues, but they're they're really the the guys that are in their thirties to forties. You know, even bumping up against fifty, they really want to be a part of this. Uh, I think one of the things that we're doing is just making sure that they don't too soon get drafted off into appendant bodies, because at that point. You are 
you're very likely to become overcommitted because as soon as uh, an appendant body sees a new guy, uh, they want to throw him in a chair. So now he's he's trying to get thrown into ch- chairs in two different, you know, Blue Lodge and, you know, an appendant body. And then now that, that one night a month has become eight and it's too much. And then they they sort of just drift away. But, uh, yeah, it's – it, it, it's it's important enough in their lives, at least in our lodge, that 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 they want to stay a part of the Blue Lodge, and that's really where I have my focus is is Blue Lodge and and having them put roots down here. Yeah. Anybody else? Anybody? Bueller. Bueller. What? Yeah. Hey, hey, Doug. <laughs> Doug, we had a fun discussion at um, at the winery. And you had mentioned that you uh, do tours with your kids in in Germany, and you had some ideas. Pete, you read my mind. It's num- It's one of my bullet points here on my list of things. Uh, yeah, we were sitting there at, at Grotto uh, in the heat, uh, and uh, I just threw this out there. That, um, I would like to throw the possibility out there and this can be through the podcast or whatever you guys want to do but I would be willing to put together and host a tour to Germany or Germany and Austria um, but that general region of Europe since that's where all of my connections are and and my knowledge base is Um, and I don't know if that's something that would be of interest of course we could make it Freemasonry based or we could just make it a nice you know, a nice trip to Germany and we could tailor it. I could tailor it to whatever the guys wanted to do. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's an idea. That's what we were, you know, just threw that out at Pete at, 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 at Grotto and, and, uh, I'd throw it out here on the, on to the, what is it? The millions of listeners that Larry says you guys have. Uh, so, uh, thoughts, I mean, I, is that Pete? What did you think? You know? Well, I mentioned it to my wife and then within five seconds, she says, yes. Um, <laughs> Because she hates organized group tours, and but she's also not so travel. Sur- I'm worse. We're not so travel savvy that we feel totally comfortable going to a country that's not in our language right. for getting around. To have a person on the ground that you already know is is invaluable. When I went to Spain last year, there was a a woman. I went to high school with that at like 45 moved to Sevilla and wanted to become a flamenco dancer. Not professionally, just, you know, learn it. And so uh, we met up with her. She was so excited to see people from back home talk English, talking English. Mm -hmm. And she showed me like the real city, what was really going on there. And that was, you know, that was really nice. So I th- yeah. I'm all up for it. Well, I've uh, you know I've led student groups to Germany. Uh, I don't know. I I've, I don't know how many times. Ten times, eleven times, and I've had the I've had the chance to le- lead a couple of adult trips too, which is a totally different dynamic. I've often thought about: Do I prefer traveling with seventeen year olds, or do I prefer traveling with adults? And there's there's benefits and minuses to both age groups. But anyway. Um, yeah, and and you know I know people. Some people don't like that group tour, what that brings sometimes. Uh, but uh, I, the, the groups that the tours that I lead, I, I try to make them as I put myself in the in the shoes of a of a traveler, never having been to this part of the world, uh, and trying to give them the experience that, like Pete says, uh, I want them to see the real. If we're in if we're in Germany, let's say, you know, everybody has this mentality of it's all uh, lederhosen, umpa bands and and big beers. Well, there is a part of Germany that that is that is true. But there's also regions of Germany that are some of the best white wine regions in the world. Uh, and a lot of people don't associate necessarily Germany with wine culture. And I'd love to take people and say that, hey, here's a part of Germany that you probably never knew existed. Oh, we'll sit in the shadows of this castle and we'll drink really, really high quality Riesling wine. Um, so, you know, if that's something that... And then if we could tie in, you know, a Masonic stop or something like that. Uh, and being a history nerd, I also like to give a little bit of, you know, history stuff too, whether it's visiting a, a, a concentration camp or, of course, castles or getting the medieval aspect of, of Germany. Um, but it's something that I would love to do. Uh, I, I really enjoy doing it, of course, and sharing my experience and my knowledge with anybody that wants to go along. Um, 
So, I mean, we can keep chewing the fat on this and think about, you know, possibly doing something in the future. But uh, I mean, I will commit right now to saying that if, if it's something that that people would want to do, I would be more than happy to to help out any well, way possible. Let's ask for some happen. feedback from the listeners. Um, you guys yeah. all know where our Facebook page is. Yeah. Uh, or shoot us an email. Uh, give us give us your thoughts. I uh, my my family heritage is from Switzerland. Um, in like along the Ader River, um, so I, I would love to get somewhere near enough to there that I can split off and and go visit the mothership. But uh, but yeah, it's, Germany's in, it would be an interesting place to go. Are we talking about twenty twenty three as a possibility? Yeah, yeah, because twenty twenty two is already booked on my calendar, <laughs> and it, and it's still COVID questionable at yeah. this point. Yeah. So yeah, I think twenty three, but. It takes a while to put those kinds of things together anyway. It, it does. It does. Yeah. Um, but but that's something. Gets- yeah, I love the idea of, of, of course, feedback. I mean, I don't want to be the kind of person that would say, here's the itinerary. This is it. Get on the bus and shut up. Uh, I know there are people like that out there, but that's that's not my that's not my style. Uh, the more input, the better to try and try and craft an itinerary that please. You're not going to please everybody, right. but that will please the majority of the people, let's say. I, I told my wife about it. And she said, oh, yeah, definitely. But she said, will there be a doctor on the tour? Yeah, for Larry. <laughs> He'll need his own. Need his I'm own not physician. the only one. There's a guy <laughs> sitting inside of me that goes to hospitals in foreign countries. Larry, I know all the vocabulary to get you into the hospital. But once we're there uh, in the it. hospital, you're on your own. Okay. Sorry. Buddy. Well, it's usually a wound. <laughs> <laughs> Self-inflicted or there's damn uh, sword fights. Yeah, right. <laughs> Turned out to be self-inflicted. I just passed out in the downtown Rome. <laughs> Woke up in an ambulance. No, nothing major. Oh, I no, I think that sounds awesome. Uh, I look forward to it, and I think, you know, if we can get a couple of our couples going, then maybe you know some of our friends and hopefully oh, yeah. some listeners oh, yeah. that we don't know yet will yeah. come out with us. Absolutely. Too bad we're not live streaming this because we'd have about 200 people say, I want to go. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like everything. 200 people want to go when it comes time for deposits. Yeah. Cricket, cricket, <laughs> cricket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Larry, is there anything else you have on your agenda for, for our friend Doug? Well, no, I think we need to take a uh, commercial break and come on back. And uh, do, you, do you know how to get a hold of Dutchie? Yeah, I think I can find him. Okay, yep. when we come back. Hopefully, Dutchie will join us. At the historic Smithton Inn of Ephrata, Pennsylvania, we're pleased to serve the latest creations from Weathered Vineyard Winery, along with spirits from Thistle Finch Distillery in Lancaster, all to be experienced in the tasting room of a beautifully restored 18th century bed and breakfast. Cigars by DNS Cigar are available for your enjoyment in the courtyard. The historic Smithton Inn is convenient to Lancaster County's most interesting attractions. Just minutes from the Ephrata Cloister and the Green Dragon Farmer's Market, and a short drive can get you to charming Lidditz, thriving downtown Lancaster, as well as Hershey, Bird in Hand, and Intercourse, or Valley Forge and Gettysburg. Whether you're looking for a romantic getaway or an active vacation full of sightseeing and attractions, the historic Smithton Inn will be a welcoming oasis from everyday life one that you'll want to visit again and again. Stop in and visit at 900 West Main Street in Ephrata, Pennsylvania, or check out our website at historicsmithtoninn.com, or simply call us at 717-733-6094. Just ask for Passmaster Dave. And we're back with Doug Maddenford. Doug, uh, I hear that you have a... A guest coming on. Yeah, just hold you on a second. You sit in the car. Hey, hey, hey come, now come in here now. It's time for you to get on this microphone. Hey, everybody, it's Dutchy Doug. Hey, Dougie. Lodge number 377. I don't know about it. Normally, I phone these things in, but I hear we're doing this live tonight. Is that true? Yeah, yeah we're man. live. Haka Donovera. I know this this technology is crazy. Here I sit in my little cabin, and you guys are all the way down there in Ephrata, and we're looking at each other and talking to each other. Hari as this. My grandmother's rolling over in her grave right now if she knew all this stuff was happening. 
Hey, you know, I got to tell you guys something. I was listening to one of the previous episodes. You had that guy on. I don't remember his name, but he was talking about all the stars and how there was all this, like how you can hold your hands and all this stuff. And you guys acted like you were going crazy. And I thought to myself, geez, almighty, that's something the Pennsylvania Dutch. We hold sticks up and figure out what time of day it is all the freaking time. And you guys were acting like this is something new and un- like you didn't know what the heck was going on. Hey, when you're out in the middle of a field and you're plowing and it's hot and you got to figure out, am I soon done or is it time to come in for lunch? Now, you know, sometimes you forget you forget to put your watch on in the morning, but you know how to look up at the sun and figure out the time. This guy was talking. I thought to myself, well, gee, sums, he must be Pennsylvania Dutch because there's no way you know, we know this stuff. And here's this guy and you guys were all fahoodled. You're like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. I thought to myself, don't know. I don't know. Come on. These yahoos don't know what the heck they're talking about. You need a weekend with Dutchy Doug out here in Nystekersville, and we'll teach you all the things you need to know about how to use your hands. So my wife, my <laughs> wife was very confused. She was setting up an event one day, and and she said to someone, "I need some chairs," and the person said to her, "What for chairs do you need?" And she said, "No, I need more than four chairs. I, I need I need a whole bunch of chairs. So it's, it's a whole diet. What?" Yeah, what so, for chairs? That's that's a direct translation, as we say. Because in Pennsylvania Dutch, we say wasfa, and that literally translates into what for. Now I know people outside of Pennsylvania Dutch country they think oh, this guy's a bunch of hooey. That's crazy. Nobody talks like that. But that's how we talk, and we understand each other. No problems. Uh, yeah, I, I'm glad that your wife had that experience because <laughs> she learned a little something. She maybe did. she feels a little more. A little more attached to where she lives now. She's still you know not sure I mean. about come with. Yeah, come that, with now. Yeah, that's that's like a national thing now. We see that on TV all the time. Is that your fault, Doug? Did you make that happen? Yeah, but I don't. I can't take credit for Comes something to as big as that. But I'll tell you what. You know, in Pennsylvania Dutch, we end our sentences with prepositions a lot. Well, I got the grade school, and this old teacher of mine, she said, "You can't end a." English sentence with a preposition. Well, I didn't know how to do it any other way. So I got hit a couple times over the knuckles with the ruler, all because I'd end my sentence with, with, come with. What's wrong with that? You know what I mean? I just don't get it. I, that learning came hard, but we got it. I mean, you know, when the district deputy comes to our lodge meetings and they hear us do the work, they think we got some other book somewhere that they don't know about because <laughs> we, we do the work. Don't get me wrong. But you got to understand that you have to make it applicable to the people that you're doing it for. We got these young guys coming in. If I spoke like the Grand Lodge wants me to and use these words that, well, I don't even know what half of them mean sometimes. And those guys aren't going to know either. So we kind of make it a little Dutchified just so they know what the heck's going on. You know what I mean? You got to You got to know your audience. Right. 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 <laughs> right. When you go to a restaurant. And the waitress goes, would you like drinks a while? Is that a Pennsylvania Dutch uh, thing? Or is that just some... For for me, that's just normal. That sounds perfectly fine. (laughs) Now, yeah, you guys are laughing. You're thinking, a while. Well, what's that mean? Is she going to come with the drinks or not? Well, if you know darn well, she's going to come with the drinks. You just got to wait a little bit. It's going to come a while now. (laughs) I thought it was a... You can only have it for a while. Like yeah. you have like nay, two nay, take nay, it back nay, away nay, from nay. you. Once yeah. it's yours, it's yours. Say ain't gonna come take it from you. No, 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 no. We have a lull. So how are things up in the broken plow lodge? Well, I'll tell you what, thanks for asking, Tim. You haven't spoken the whole freaking night. I was listening to <laughs> and I thought to myself, is Tim even there? He speaks. It's like a voice from behind the curtains. Yeah, behind uh, you the know, curtain. uh well, Tim, you know, things are going okay. We're off for the summer. We're getting ready. The fall always, that's, fall is a big time out where we live, not just in our lodge, but, you know, it's harvest time. We got to go out and it's soon going to be pumpkin picking time and we got to pick the corn. And do you know that we have this thing in Pennsylvania Dutch culture when we do field corn? That's the corn that you don't eat on the cob, otherwise you break your teeth. This is the stuff that you can, it makes all the other things in the world that's made from corn. Anyway, when you pick that, you all get together, we have what's called called a Welsh bash party, which is everybody comes together and helps shuck the corn. And we have this old tradition that when you're sitting around shucking this corn, there's drinks there, of course, people having a good time. The first person that opens up a cob of corn, you know, shucks it and has a red kernel on it, they get to kiss whoever they want to kiss. Now, this is an old tradition and we still do it. 
in the Me Too movement, we don't know how this is going to go down this year, but we're going to keep doing it because that's, well, we just do things because that's the way you're supposed to do it, right? So that's coming up. We got that going on. And it, I told you guys last year about what happened at our pumpkin chunkin that we, that fundraiser we did, and the guy had the manure filled pumpkin that flew on the barn. I'm hoping that this year it's a clean event, but we don't know it. That's the beauty of live things. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if Larry's going to fall off the chair in the middle of the episode or not. You just wait for it to happen. And if it happens, great and if not well then it didn't you know what i mean so we got a busy fall coming up and then we think about you know some of these other things we got some new guys want to join we got this one guy he married into the valley he married one of our girls and uh he's uh i don't remember where he's from but when i saw his petition i didn't even recognize the name of this don i didn't recognize his last name either it sure ain't dutch i'll tell you that so he's going to be curious. I, uh, we're just sending out a committee of investigation on that boy. I, he has no idea what's going to happen to him. I'll tell you, when those old duchies get in with him, they're going to give him the third degree before he even gets the first degree. So we'll see. I mean, it all comes, you know, these are things. We just roll with the punches, Tim. My secretary, you know, I'm the secretary. My secretary. Hi, I can't believe I said that. I'm the secretary. I never get your invites for all this stuff you talk about. Well, you know, I was going <laughs> to ask about that. You know, the uh, Grand Lodge has gone over to this Grandview uh, system, and so we're trying to figure out how to reach out to all these lodges. So, Dutchie, tell us how best to uh, train your, your treasurer and yourself and all this technology stuff. Are you... You better just come and visit. That's all there is to it. <laughs> you, you're you're freaking lucky you got me sitting here on this Zoom call. Can we get an internet connection you, up you there? You heard about all the things that happened when we were Zooming back during COVID. Right. Oh, yes. We went through how many computers? I'm telling you what. And when we only got dial-up internet out where we live. Dial-up. Do you yeah. even remember that, Tim? Yeah, I do. You're not that old. No. I'll tell you what. <laughs> it's something else. You got to hear the crackle and all that stuff yep. before it finally picks up, and then you pick up, and then you don't even know who you're looking at because it's so pixelated. Hell, the one day I was talking to one guy, I thought it was Bob, and here it was some other guy, but well, we just kept on going. So in answer to your question, you just got to come out and visit. That's all there is to it. You come out, you let me know ahead of time, and I'll have the wife make up some stuffed pig stomach, and we'll have some some apple butter and cottage cheese on the table and some fresh red beet eggs, and I'll make sure we got a fresh jug of Applejack. And, you know, we grow our own tobacco out there. This Solomon and Hireman Solomon cigars I hear you guys talk about all the time. They are great. You need to tell them to come buy some of our tobacco because our tobacco I'm not saying it's the best in the world, but it's pretty darn good. I'm just going to say that. But we we roll our own cigars and, and you come on. I mean, we'll, it's come on. And then then you can teach me all you want to say about this grand view and it won't be on the record and no one will know what you're saying. So maybe you won't get your wrist slapped this time. Yeah, I, I mean, we're. We're always ready for guests. I just say that, Tim. And it's one thing about the Pennsylvania Dutch that most people don't know is that we're kind of standoffish at first if we don't know you. Because we're a little, um, how do I want to put this nicely? Once we get to know you, you'll never get a better friend. But until we get to know you, we're a little, we're a little cautious, I guess I should say. But since you have an in, Tim, you know me. Yeah. You come out to the valley. I'll introduce you to all the other boys, and you'll it'll be like it'll be like you grew up here. That would be great. I look forward to it. Do you need Tim to bring in any, any supplies from the big city from the modern world, like uh, <laughs> ice? <laughs> <laughs> no, don't know about it. We harvest our own ice. We have this one big pond in the valley, and last year it was actually cold enough that we could cut it, and we cut some, and we got it stored in the one guy's barn. We're good for a little bit, but it better be cold this winter. Otherwise, we're in trouble. Then I might have to call Tim to bring a little ice. But we're good right now. <laughs> Thanks. But, Tim, if you want to stop at that, what's that place called? Walmart, I think? We don't have I, one of them. I don't shop If you want to stop there and pick some stuff up and surprise us, <laughs> well, that'd be great. <laughs> you bring some toilet paper, then you don't have to use those Sears catalogs I do anymore. have some toilet paper in reserve still. You know, that's funny. This Sears catalog, they don't make them anymore. But... You know, traditionally, before there was a Sears catalog, Larry, you're old enough to remember this. When you went out to the odd house when you were a little boy, and did you use something other than paper out there yeah. to clean yourself? Uh, no, no, it was always a Sears catalog. Out Cactus. There. Oh, Cactus my goodness. Leaves. No, but I was talking no. about har corn harvest coming up. But once you shell those corn, <laughs> oh, corn's off, no, then you use the corn no. cops. No, no, no. Never. 
They wipe clean, as we say. (laughs) That would have filled the hole up too quickly. It's all natural, Larry. All these people are into composting these days, and they think they're so green and they're so ahead of their time. We've been composting our whole freaking lives here in America, the Pennsylvania Dutch. So, again... Guys, come out to the valley. We'll teach you anything you need to know. We'll well, make you all self-sufficient. The ideal outhouse, by the way, would have a Sears catalog and a bucket of lye in the corner. And every time you did a certain thing, you had to throw that lye on there. Yeah. Mine has, a, mine has two seats so two that you can se- encourage yeah, yeah. the guy next to you when you're going. <laughs> Play and some cards. Last, you know. last year, we put a propane heater in. So, nah, get this. I got a heated outhouse. It's the cats you know what. People come over all the time just to use my outhouse. It's got that glow, that orange glow from that propane heater. So you can see it through that. I got a, I got, listen, I, I, you know, most outhouses have like a half moon half carved moon, in the yeah. door. I got a square and compass carved in mine. And that oh. orange glow comes out through those square and compasses. It's the prettiest thing you'll see. I'm telling you what. There are nights in the winter when I sit in the kitchen with my cup of whatever I'm drinking. And I look out just and stare at my outhouse door. Because that glowing <laughs> square and compasses is always there reminding me about what my obligations are. And does it uh, blast up into the sky, into the heavens and be like uh, it calls Batman? Uh, calls yeah. Batman, yeah, Masonic Batman. <laughs> All right, Dutchy Doug, thank you so much um, for uh, being with us. And well, hey, you know, yo. I just want to say, you Uh-oh. guys give me a platform every once in a while to tell my stories. Mm. Nobody ever wanted to listen to me before you guys, not even my wife. So I really want to say thanks <laughs> because it's a it's an outlet. It's like. It's kind of like uh, when you go to see a therapist. It gets <laughs> an opportunity for me to get stuff off my Let chest, which I normally don't get to because I go and talk to the cause, but the cause don't, they don't say anything back, you know? And then I have to think about, well, what would they say? And then I got caught one time making up the voices of the cause and I was having a conversation <laughs> with them. And the one guy, the farm next door over, he actually sat me down and he was worried I was losing it. So your podcast gives me this opportunity to, to share and get things off my chest. So I, no, Pete, I appreciate the thank yous, but I need to say a big thank you to all of you guys down there. Doug, I do want to say <clears throat> you're not the only one that talked to cows. Uh, my aunt and uncle had a dairy farm in Pine Grove, Pennsylvania, and I would spend a lot of time down there. And I talked to the cows often. I even ate their food one day. The milk? No, that, not the milk. This oh, explains the, a lot. The stuff yeah. in the box that was really not good to eat. Puckered your mouth. Larry, do you mm. know the Pennsylvania Dutch word heba haba? Are you familiar with that word? I'm familiar with it, yes. You, you are? Okay. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm, I imagine that the vast majority of your listeners probably don't know that word. A heba haba is the Pennsylvania Dutch word. You know, on farms... Sometimes the bull does what it needs to do. Sometimes it don't, and it needs a little help. So if you are in that situation, or you got a bull and you want it to be with a certain car, but he don't like her, let's say that. Well, then you got you to gotta take nature into your own hands. So we have a term for the guy that comes and does that. That's the heba haba. It comes from the word heba is to push and pull and holla is to go in the opposite direction so you can kind of figure out put your two and two together to figure out that but we also use that as a not necessarily as a term of endearment where i'm from but when (laughs) i don't even know what the english word would be when you got some guy that's a real a real hick i'm telling you that's a heba holla in pennsylvania dutch so the the story you just told me larry from your childhood i'm not saying that i'm going to call you a heba holla but i don't think it was out of the realm of possibilities was it uh, nah, kind of close. Actually, Listen, when I was a kid growing up in that farm, I had a deal with roosters. I had a deal with the damn bull. And my aunt would say, don't go down the orchard today. The bull is out. Well, it took me a while to learn that lesson. After I had to scream and yell for about an hour because I was up in the damn apple tree and the bull wouldn't move from the base of the tree. So Larry, I guess Larry, you could say it was evil. All of those things made you a stronger person. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, Doug, it's delightful to have you on, Dutchie. <laughs>
Well, let's uh, take a break and go to Walter with the news, and uh, we probably take care of a few other business, and then we'll come back and uh, wrap up tonight's show. Sounds good. Unlocking Symbols with Symbologist Michelle Snyder. Bees unlocked. An essential function of our golden key is to see history in oral tradition. Beekeeping is ancient. On a wall in Spain is an image from 15,000 BC of a human collecting honey. An Egyptian image of a beekeeper shows this activity in 1300 BC. Honey is an ancient food, and keeping bees is an ancient practice. Honey is sweet and beneficial. It is a healer of wounds and has been part of the human diet for millennia. This is history. In mythology, honey is thought to be ambrosia, the food of the gods. Bees are rich with symbolic meaning in oral tradition. In Greek mythology, bees are connected to Zeus, who was born in a cave sacred to bees and was nourished by honey. Bee symbolism was associated with kings, until the discovery that the king bee was a queen, after which bees became linked to the great goddess. They represent communal and mutual support, as well as fertility. A beehive displays an industrious gathering of workers who toil with seemingly endless energy for their queen. Bees are associated with priestesses, prophets, poets, and philosophers. The spiritual associations with bees link them to purity, inspiration, eloquence, and intellect. One legend tells of bees alighting on the lips of babes, granting them gifts of eloquence and poetry. Plato declares that the souls of the dead are resurrected as bees. In Germany, the path of the bees refers to the wind that carries the souls of the dead. The Great Mother was also known as the Queen Bee. Her priestesses were called bees. Their buzz, or song, is considered sacred. The bee was later used as a cryptic symbol for those who still worshipped the great goddess when the church suppressed such ideas. Charlemagne had bees embroidered on his royal robes. The beehive is an image found in Masonic and alchemical symbolism. In European and Chinese fairy tales, it tells of bees helping young men find the right bride. To the Celts, the bee represents secret wisdom from the other world. In Ireland, bees produce the honey from which mead, the drink of immortality, is made. And there, bees are protected by law. Because bees disappear all winter and reappear in the spring, they have become a symbol of resurrection. Bees are disciplined and collectively ensure the survival of their species, thus symbolizing the survival of the human soul. When carved on tombs, bees signify immortality. The next time you observe a bee hovering over a delicate flower, remember that they produce the food of the gods and sing the sacred song, then listen to it as you run away. Find more history of symbols in Symbology Revision by symbologist Michelle Snyder. Next time, we will meet a true hero, a stone. In Masonic News Today, a new information system known as Grandmom has been introduced across the jurisdiction of West Alaska has been met with large crowds of pitchfork-bearing mobs descending on the Grand Lodge building, demanding to revert to quill pens and ledger books. System administrators are urging patience and suggest everyone take a nap. It should be fixed in a couple weeks. What could go wrong? Really, it's going to be great. Just relax. You're going to love When this gets up to speed, I lost my log on. How do I get into grandma? Yeah. And do they have an any key? <laughs> abort. We can't get grandma to abort. That's oh, a thing. Gosh. Yeah. That's, exactly. that, that's great news, Walter. Thank you very much. And it's very timely as well. So, uh, Jack, uh, what do you got coming up Masonically in the next uh, week or so? Before I, before I go there, I, I, I do want to say Tim is, is carrying the ball uh, in our region on 
working with the integration of Grandview, and it's it's a difficult time for him. He is he is literally, well, he could be working his ass off, but it's <laughs> a lot of. But, he, but it's a, there's, there's <laughs> yeah, there's a remainder of three. But but thank you for working with all the secretaries in the in the district um, to in the region to to get this thing on stream. We all know it eventually it's going to be indispensable. Um, but like all new technologies right now, it, it's, it's hell to get through, but it, it will pass like a kidney stone. Um, I, I don't know what I have going on just the regular stuff, mentoring, Masonic education, grotto. Um, I don't know, just the usual stuff. Um, Larry. Oh, Doug, Doug, Doug. Hello, Doug. Doug. Yeah, I'm back. Doug. Hey guys, Thanks. Doug. Yeah. What, what do you have uh, uh, masonically on your uh, on your plate coming up? Uh, well, uh, so in September, of course, we'll go back to all our regular meetings. So I'm currently I'm the secretary of our commandery, the recorder. So I'm currently working on our notice for the month of September, uh, and our chapter this in 2022 will be Belfont chapter number 241. We'll be celebrating their 150th anniversary, uh, and I'm part of the group that is currently putting together how we're going to celebrate that next year, uh, mm. which is exciting but also more work than what we thought it would be of course uh and yeah just it would have to be an october swing of things so looking forward to it yeah yeah we agree it should be an october fest (laughs) there you go problem solved yeah larry what are you doing uh, Goose and Gridiron. No every, way. Really? Every, every Thursday. Oh, my God. In Mountville, Pennsylvania. What Please an idea. come out and enjoy the fellowship. Uh, continuing. At, at, at which restaurant is that? Uh, the Square One or Square Mile. <laughs> I don't know what the hell it's a the square restaurant. We've been going there for four years. Yeah. It's the Square Mile. I still don't know. There you go. And uh, continuing efforts with the merger committee. <clears throat> That's keeping us busy. Pete. <clears throat> Um, the standard stuff. Scott Hoover. Oh, Larry's giving me a dollar. I'm not the treasurer. It's Jack. Oh, okay. Um, so what do I, I, I'm getting back into tall cedars. Uh, tall cedar stuff's going to be ramping up again here soon. Um, but really the, the big thing on my plate is the, the fall meeting of the Pennsylvania Grotto Association. It's going to be out here outside of, outside of Ephrata in a town called Morgantown. And it's October 15, 16, and 17. And uh, if you're in Grotto, we'd really love for you to come and show up. If you're not in Grotto, show up anyway, and you'll be in Grotto. We'll make you in Grotto. That's right. We we can fix that. We'll Grotto-size. Brother Josh. Not really a whole lot, Uh, of course. Like Doug said, we're getting ready to get back to to work in September. Uh, So I'm starting to prepare for that. I'm uh, making sure Larry is doing what he's supposed to be doing. Uh, so that takes up a majority of my time. That's a big job. But, uh, yeah, other than that, that's all, that's all I got. All righty. We're going to um, – hey, Larry. Yo. Did we hear from Tim? Did we hear from Tim yet? Oh, no. gee, here goes the cow. Oh, see, I was trying to skip to only 20 minutes of uh, what Tim's got going oh, on. No, I, seriously. Um Jack, thank you for your kind words. It's really a, it really is a joy, and it's been a joy to work with uh, secretaries and treasurers around the region, the district deputies, and all. Um, you, you're correct. Once this thing gets up and moving, it's going to be great. Uh, what I find just hilarious is um, the secretaries and treasurers who survived the transition from legacy to Salesforce and had nothing good to say about Salesforce. Now are like, can we go back to Salesforce? Why did we have to lose Salesforce? Actually, in the end, this this will be so much simpler. It'll be so much more robust. And for even for the average member, um, we'll have much more interaction with this system going forward. Um, I'm really excited about it, as with any changes. Uh, there's going to be bumps in the road, and, and we've we've obviously had a couple of little bumps along the way, but um, the Grand Lodge Tech people are committed to fixing those things. I literally submit tickets to the help desk two or three times a week, and within an hour or so, I'm hearing back uh, in response to those tickets. And so uh, if you're a secretary or a treasurer out there, 
Um, in Pennsylvania. In Pennsylvania. Let's, let's clarify that. Uh, click on the help desk link on Grandview. Be, be as uh, precise as you can in your description of the problem, and they will get right on it. It's, there, there are a couple of little things. The, the big thing uh, that, that I think we may have mentioned earlier in the show was uh, the call them all system that we use to call all of our members about things. It's, it's not up and running yet. It will be. We normally don't have meetings in the summer, but this, this year we've had that, uh, that, uh, that little glitch that happened. So anyway, that's the only thing I'm going to mention. Uh, I think we're ready. Larry, uh, are you ready? Uh, D- Doug, one more thing. Do you have any final thing to say? Before we hang you. <laughs> in Pens- we don't say goodbye in Pennsylvania Dutch. We say mox gut, which means do well, be well. So that's how I'll say goodbye. Mox gut, everybody. Thanks. All right. Let's cue those chickens. Special thanks to Effort of Lodge 665 for making our broadcast studio possible, available, and open. Thanks to Josh Lamberton producer and director who continues to make the show great. Thanks to Jack Harley, our news director. Tim Dedman, our marketing director. Our Masonic Light podcast contributors, Michelle Snyder and Doug Maddenford. I really don't have a whole lot more to say. Yay. <laughs> yeah, see, see, if, I, if I try to bring anything to the table, I'm always shy. Well, anyway, thanks for listening. This is Larry Maris. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Good night. Bye. Bye, everybody. monkeys and chickens. Yeah, I know. <laughs> There's way more monkeys and chickens.